Hello and welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Leadership Tools and Strategies. We're thrilled to have you in as we engage with Kyle Gracie and the ideas of sustainability, millennials, and collaboration in the nonprofit world. I'm Todd Greer. I'm your host. Thrilled to have you in with us. So glad that we can have the opportunity to chat, to dig deep into the issues that are important in the nonprofit world. Before we get started in our conversation, though, I want to remind you of a couple important things. You can join us every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern at hashtag nonprofit chat, where we continue the conversation from Tuesday, extending it to you so that we can invite more people in to discuss the important issues in nonprofit organizations. Our guest today, Kyle Gracie, is a contributor to Nonprofit Performance Magazine. He'll be in the March issue. This is the December issue I'm holding right now. He will be in the March issue, so make sure you look forward to that. Kyle's writing about millennials as board members. We know that we're seeing a massive change in our society, and millennials are going to be the majority in the workforce in the next five years. Is your organization ready for it? On that note, our guest next week, we have Jamie Nodder and Maddie Grant. They are the authors of Humanize and a brand new book called When Millennials Take Over. They're also contributors to the March issue of the magazine and we're continuing the theme of what happens when the generations start to change and the important topics coming forward. So we're thrilled to have you in. Again, my name is Todd Greer. I'm the Executive Director of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. Our guest today is Kyle Gracie and I've got him on mute and we're gonna unmute him here I think let's see Kyle can you check on your end and see if you can unmute that Absolutely. There we go. fantastic Kyle great to have you in with us sorry for uh, putting you on mute there for too long uh, we're, we're, we're thrilled to have you join us if you would for just a second uh, let our audience know a little bit about who you are and kind of where you come from in this world. Sure. So in this context, uh, I, I serve on about six different nonprofit boards of directors and boards of advisors. Um, I was previously the executive director of a nonprofit that focused on empowering young people to advance sustainable development it's called Sustain Us. And so I've been involved uh, as a millennial uh, in board service and nonprofits for most of my adult life. Very good, very good. And Kyle, um, I know that you have been involved in and do some significant work, you said, in the area of sustainability, but That's even right. beyond the, the world of sustainability, you seem to be a, a, a man who uh, is very focused on impacting communities. Talk a little bit, if you would, about what other things that you've got going on in your work as a, uh, uh, a humanitarian, a community activist. Sure. So, very simple. I, I've always grown up valuing helping others and was always raised that that's an important contribution that we can make to the rest of the world. And one of the ways that I found to do that was through nonprofits and increasingly recently through nonprofit board service. So as you said, many of the organizations I've worked for work in sort of this area of sustainability, which we'll talk about more in this session. But uh, some of the other areas that I've worked in include um, promoting public service and just generally getting young people empowered and involved in making their world a better place. 
think that's a, a fantastic mission to be able to engage that as an individual. And certainly, uh, as we stand right now with Center Vision and Leadership Foundation, one of the reasons why we, I think, find so much synergy with Kyle is the fact that this is very much our mission. Here we are, we're thinking about how do we amplify the important messages uh, that we see within our, our nonprofit social benefit community. So, Kyle, you're, you're doing all this work, but you're not just some guy that's come in and said, I read a book, and so now I'm focused on sustainability. You've really put yourself through the grind. You've been part of a lot of organizations, but you're also a, a PhD student right now. Is that correct? That's right, at, at uh, Carnegie Mellon University. Okay, so so folks, this isn't just some fly-by-night guy who's sitting down with us. Um, Kyle Kyle's very well-versed in and around the field, um, and he has a great perspective here as a millennial at the changing things that are taking place. So um, you mentioned a little bit about why you've been active, Kyle. You've mentioned that um, the upbringing that you had really impacted you. What are you seeing right now around you when you think about activism in the millennial generation? Sure. So I think we're seeing two trends. One is that, as you said in the lead-in, millennials are getting very involved in their community, in their country, in the world. And that's not just millennials in the U.S., but millennials all over the world. Mm -hmm. The other challenge, though, that we're seeing is that in some spaces, millennials are having a hard time breaking in. So as I write about in the magazine this coming month, one of those areas is in board service. So millennials are roughly about 25% of the population here. Um, but on boards, they are only serving at a level of less than like 15%. And so they're, they're yeah. behind a lot of other age groups in their ability to influence nonprofits and influence social change through the, the lens of board service. Yeah, I think that's so interesting, and I, I think uh, one of the things that when I first came across your work that really impressed me is is kind of the inherent understanding that I have that a lot of times, as those in the younger generations, we're almost scared. We're scared of uh, engaging at this level because sometimes we're afraid of the people who are at the seats at the table that surround us, and so uh, we oftentimes feel like, we don't have it together, so if we don't have it together, how can we serve in those environments? And yet, uh, for you, it's been kind of the, the reverse. How, how have you approached it just from the sense of the, the makeup that it takes to um, engender this kind of a role? Sure. Well, I, I think it, you have to, as a millennial, if you want to break into this, this area of service through, through a board, you have to build that trust in the current board members to want to bring you on. Now, in some cases, I did that by serving in the organization first and demonstrating my, you know, abilities, and then was able to convince the existing board members that to bring me on. In other cases, I was fortunate because some of the organizations I worked with already had a mission and a belief in empowering young people, mm. and so the idea that they should also empower their own board with young people was an easier sell for them. There was an e you know less of a gap in trust to overcome. But in other cases, uh, it, it can be tough for some millennials to break into this area. Not that many aren't trying, and not that many you know aren't succeeding. Just a lot fewer than a lot of other demographics, and a lot of fewer than you know our overall makeup in society. And and that's the way that millennials can do it is by demonstrating their trust and by 
being proactive, going after those board seats, talking mm. to people in those organizations, saying, hey, I want to serve and I have the capacity. Look at my skills. Look at how much I've done already in the couple of years that I've been doing this. The other side falls on the boards, and it's up to them to recognize that age is another kind of diversity that they benefit from pursuing. It's not the only one, and it's, it's not more or less important than many others. They all, they all matter. But it's one that sometimes boards forget about, and they have to be willing to trust younger board members to bring them on and to recognize that they have unique sets of skills that they may be missing in other parts of their board. Oh, that's really intriguing, and I think a lot of times the misnomer among boards has been the people that are board members are your big bankroll. You know, they're the people that bring all of your your money to fund the organization, or at least a, a major portion of that. Um, but there's something that's unique about millennials. A lot of times, they're in a position, a stage of life in which they're able to invest themselves more wholly into an organization, and I think that's a really intriguing perspective here. I know that you're you're doing that. You're, you're very much uh, the proof in the pudding, so to speak, uh, about how that works. Uh, I wonder, as you think about now, you've been involved in this area of sustainability for some time. We hear that idea a lot, okay? And I know sustainability, like many things, almost can be narrowed down to just becoming a buzzword that people say, yeah, I'm for sustainability. Well, sure, who isn't? Um, what is sustainability really, um, particularly in the sphere that we're talking about with the nonprofit world? Sure. And it can have many meanings, but the way that I and my organizations typically think about it is sort of the intersection of social, economic, and environmental concerns. And that means concerns both internal to your organization and also external to the rest of the world. So when we think about sustainability, it means on the one hand, how your operations are going, whether they are financially sustainable, whether they're environmentally sustainable, and whether they're sustainable within the community that you operate in. And then it also means that are those factors outside in the world, how are they developing, and how will they affect you and your operations and your mission in the future? I think that's such an important um, focus for us, and I, I love the framework um, of the internal sustainability as well as external sustainability, and I, I think that's um, I think that's a profound shift for many of us because I think a lot of times when when we're thinking about sustainability, we're thinking specifically about environmental impact, um, and and I think when you talk about that social, economic, and environmental, the the intersection or the multidisciplined approach to that we're really getting into a piece that any type of organization has to keep in mind. You know, we know that um, we're aware of the fact, uh, you, you probably look in your light bulbs right now and you're probably not using light bulbs uh, that were around 50 years ago. You know, I hope you're not. Uh, you're, you're wasting money if you're not, but you're also uh, creating damage and, and um, waste and waste material that can be harmful to the environment. So you think about something as simple as a light bulb, and obviously the sustainability concept becomes a lot more uh, concrete. When you think about the external approach, what might that look like? Okay, If I'm an organization um, and I'm running 
uh, let's go with the United Way. I'm, I'm running the United Way in uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina. How, from an external perspective, actually, let's start with internal. How, from an internal perspective, would sustainability begin to impact my organization? Sure. So I think when we're talking about financial sustainability, hopefully your organization already has a good handle on it. If you don't, that's a pretty fundamental issue that you need to address. When you talk about community sustainability, it's the idea of are you serving the, the community that your mission is setting you out to serve? What is that community going to look like in the future? How is it changing? How are the needs of that community changing? In other words, this is sort of a core to your mission. It, are the needs that you're trying to serve going to be the same tomorrow that they are today? And do you have a model that's set up to be responsive to those and to address those needs? That's more of this, the social. On the environmental side, it's the question of internally, do you have areas where you can make a, where you can benefit from being more aware of sort of your resource impact? And that can be something for, as simple as, you know, how much money are you spending out of your budget on energy or heating or cooling every year? What could you do to be more efficient or to save some money? Which then means extra that's in your pocket to then direct toward programs and your, your core services. You know, so those are sort of the, the low-hanging fruit in some cases, but in other cases, it may mean making you know, an upfront investment in something that's more efficient in order to realize savings down the road. And it also means thinking hard about how your mission fits into the rest of the world and is sustainability and environmental sustainability a value that you want your organization to have and how can you do that in a way that's also compatible with your core mission and your core recipients. Then when you take it out to the outside world, you're thinking about how will changes in my environment affect my mission and the programs that I'm trying to deliver. If I'm trying to tackle homelessness, how is, say, climate change going to affect that work if I know that in a couple of years there are going to be a lot more 100-plus degree days in my area, which, if, for example, in North Carolina, that's the forecast if we don't address climate change. There are going to be more of those heat waves more hot, you know, hot days, more frequent storms. If, we're, if I'm on the coast and I'm thinking about sea level rise, that is an impact both on my infrastructure if I'm located there and an impact on the people I'm trying to serve, more hurricanes. If you think about your a health provider, as, as the climate warms, you're looking at more tropical diseases moving their way up further into the United States. Now I have new health issues that I never had to deal with before that I can at least anticipate in a way if I'm starting to think in that lens. Yeah, I, I think that's important. And again, when we talk about this, um, when we have this multidisciplined approach, then we're, we're not looking at any of these as a one-off type of uh, tactic on ours, but we're talking about a holistic strategy uh, that impacts every part of our organization. And I, Kyle, again, I appreciate both the internal and the external uh, as we think about who are our communities that are being impacted by that. I, I think that's such a, an important piece. Uh, I, I want to step into something else here briefly um, because I think what you're doing is a, a really unique model and, and this is something that you and I have talked about in the past. When we talk about sustainability or we talk about any kind of core issue, we're really talking about uh, a term that has broad reach. Okay, we're talking about something that usually um, 
there are dozens of organizations that are fighting that same fight or working towards that same cause or whatever that may be, whether we're talking about you know, even churches within a denomination or we're talking about uh, organizations that are combating hunger or whatever our issue is. Kyle, you've been able to do something that I think is kind of unique. You've been able to serve on multiple boards, but you've also been able to bring this idea of collaboration uh, to these organizations. Would you, for a moment, just talk with us a little bit about how do you set that, that mission, that focus, that value uh, of collaboration as you think through these big, important issues of our age? Sure. And I think it's important to say that it's it's not just me who's brought that idea of collaboration to these organizations. It's, it's many people who I work with every day who have recognized that we are stronger when we work together and that nonprofits need to be thinking about you know, strategic partnerships and coalitions that they can become a part of that can make their work better. This is, this is a good example, again, of where the sustainability community is in some ways ahead of others and in some ways is learn, learning. Uh, we see a lot of examples of, for example, climate change organizations forming large and broad coalitions to better their work and bringing in a much more diverse group of people than folks might already think. So you have your sort of traditional environmental organizations, you have indigenous peoples groups, you have faith-based groups and organizations, you have manufacturers, labor leaders, you have you know, a lot of coalitions of people, scientists and engineers, who you wouldn't think would normally be working together so closely, but they recognize that one, the issue is actually multidisciplinary issue. It's not just about environment or economy or, or community. It's about all of those things. And they recognize that they all have a stake in it. And then they're also recognizing that it's not just on sort of the advocacy side where you can benefit from these kinds of partnerships. The advocacy organizations recognize that working together is important. But, it, but it's also on things like raising money where, for example, in the Midwest, we're seeing a great coalition called REAMP, which is a network of both nonprofit organizations and funders who work together to collaboratively design and fund their programs and missions by working together, talking to each other, and recognizing that they're much stronger when they get together and plan all of this instead of this sort of traditional model of fighting over the same, all fighting over the same grants and on the funder's side trying to figure out who among their people they ought, you know, they, they can best fund and who is sort of the best out of the applicants that they're seeing. It's a much more of a collaboration and a conversation where people are bringing their honest opinions about their strengths and weaknesses to the table and their honest assessments of how much they need and how much they can offer and working together to build that, build that, that sort of community. I love this because I think when we talk about collaboration here, we're really talking about collaboration at two different levels because on one hand, we're talking about within a cause, uh, within uh, even an organization, building collaboration so that we're finding those diverse voices and, and, and making sure that we're looking at a problem holistically as opposed to just kind of from a single vision. But at the same time, we're talking now about collaboration where we're finding partners in different spheres. And, and I really think, and Kyle, um, I, I think Sustainability World has done a, a really nice job with this, and I think a lot of other organizations and a lot of other causes are, are lagging behind in building these public-private partnerships. I, I know that there are many uh, corporations 
who have been very deep in, in, in the work uh, of sustainability. Absolutely. What do you think it takes to, to make those things happen? Well, there has to be first uh, a recognition that the problem is, is bigger than what you have any chance of solving on your own. And lots of organizations face lots of really big problems. That's why they're so great, because they are willing to take on big challenges. So you have to start there. And then you have to start saying, who is in my network that I can most easily partner with? And then you kind of have to start saying, who is not in my network, who I might not might not be as obvious of a fit? What are organizations that are out there who are not working on exactly the same thing as me, but where I recognize that there's an overlap? And then it's a question of having those conversations with those folks, getting them on board, and having the same kind of willingness to, to form a partnership. And then it comes down to the, the, the devil's all in the details, and every organization and partnership is going to be different of, okay, what kind of partnership are we having? Are we just collaborating on programs? Are we cross-promoting each other? Are we actually going to form something like a fundraising network or a funder community? Is it a coalition where we all raise money together and then distribute that money internally? Young, young people's groups have done a great job of this in the sustainability field. Um, we're part of a great coalition called the Energy Action Coalition that has agreed to sort of do this model where they all work together for funding and then split it evenly, uh, split it amongst themselves. Those are big decisions for organizations to make and a big willingness to, to take some of the control out of your own decision making and put it into this community. But we also see that in many cases that's a much more successful model than trying to go at it alone. I think that's... Um it's commendable. This is something that we, we want to see more and more of. It. And frankly, I think we're going to be reaching um, the days very shortly where funders demand this, uh, that they, they demand uh, this kind of broad uh, coalition force. I, I think they're going to, to be recognizing the sense of impact because what you're describing is you're de describing uh, the sense of impact of those funds uh, that are being uh, donated but they're going into different aspects of this. Kyle, if you would, step back into uh, the sustainability world for us. How, how does this look in, in your organization? You mentioned um, the coalition that you just described here, but you're working with uh, Sustain US or Sustain Us, okay? And you're working with another, a, a number of other organizations that, that kind of collaborate together. How does this look uh, for them, for those types of organizations? Sure. So for every organization, it's, it's going to be different based on, on the mission. So Sustain Us is more of an advocacy and policy organization that's actually run by young people. And the board members are actually the, the old people in the organization. Um, and so for them, it's, for, it, it's more of, of the advocacy model, seeing what the biggest areas to influence policy are, looking for both grants that will support that, both within these kinds of coalitions I've talked about, as well as separately, and then also, of course, cultivating a great group of don individual donors, especially young donors, who are willing to support this kind of work. You know, we talked earlier about how some boards think that, that they don't want to bring on a young person because young people don't have the kind of money that you typically would expect a older board member to either be able to donate or raise. 
But one thing young people are really good at and experience that from a very early age is raising money and raising money from sort of non-traditional sources, making better use of technology, crowdfunding, mobile solutions. And so that's actually a key skill set that young people can sometimes bring to a board that might already be missing. And so that's one of the things that we do in our organization. On the other hand, we have an organization that I work for called Engineers for Sustainable World, which is much more of a techn technical focused engineers, you know, young engineers who are, who are making up the organization. And so in that case, we're looking at a lot more partnerships with corporations, as we talked about earlier. So a lot more private partnerships, engineering companies who recognize that they want their young staff members to be thinking about these sustainability issues because they've built a lot of value in terms of their business in the future, and also because these are the kinds of challenges that they're going to be facing internally and externally as well. And so partnering with these kinds of organizations early on we found that, that we have a lot of corporate partners who, who want to be working with us and helping to support our organization because ultimately there's a good return on investment for them in terms of the kinds of people that they attract and will be able to employ in the future. Again, I marvel at this because um, this is a very holistic approach and I think that's one of the things, again, that we're lacking as, as we move forward, particularly as millennials come into leadership, we're going to see this type of focus more and more where we say, and I think the two organizations you just described there are um, engineers, uh, sorry. Engineers for a Sustainable World. There you go, Engineers for a Sustainable World and Sustain Us. You've got one that's more from the advocacy approach, you've got one from a technical approach, but you obviously see the complementary aspect of those working together. And, and I think the more that we think about where nonprofits are headed, um, where we can come to the table and say, in our even in our local communities, uh, we, we may have uh, these types of nonprofits that are slightly different and, and we may not see the direct overlap, but if we can find those pieces that we can be uh, champions for each other to help in that process, I think we're going to find greater impact in our communities because we're not working against or even uh, aside from other people, but we, we begin working together. Um, Kyle, we, we talked a little bit before you and I about advocacy, and advocacy is a really, it's an important thing, and it's something that I think a lot of times is missing. Talk to me a little bit about how do you promote that advocacy approach in a nonprofit group? Sure. So, you know, it's obviously an area that nonprofits have to address carefully, especially organizations who think of advocacy in the sense of, of lobbying or something that, you know, cuts at the edges of what is permissible for a nonprofit organization. But, one, we know that, that advocacy is allowed in the nonprofit world, and organizations do it all the time as long as they do it carefully. So there's that sort of traditional sort of direct and grassroots lobbying that many organizations find useful for affecting policies that then affect their ability to, to meet their mission. But we also have advocacy in a more general sense of finding opportunities to talk about your mission and to promote it and to promote the other things in the world that are impacting your mission, whether that's policy or the changing climate or you know financial situations in your city or community, and talk about and talk about those and have a position on them as an organization. And that's something that some organizations are reluctant to do because they think it's not 
forward to their mission, or it's going to get them in trouble, or or that in some cases they have the mistaken belief that it's actually not allowed. And the idea is that I think another area where millennials are bringing a good value here is that they're used to doing this. They're used to speaking up. They're used to advocating. And they're willing to do that, and they know how to do it. And so when they come into your organization, they're fired up. They're excited. And they bring in that energy and that willingness to do this. That doesn't mean that you just go off and do it without a plan or without an understanding of what the law is. But it does mean that being an advocate for your cause goes beyond just providing your main mission and, and providing that direct service if you're a direct service organization. It also means speaking up for what you care about and what else in the world is impacting what you do. And it's interesting because something like that should be so foundational to who we are as, as nonprofit organizations that we believe very strongly in a cause and we want to encourage other people to hear that story and, and share in that, that narrative. Um, but I think you're absolutely right, the fact that we sometimes are we're fearful uh, or, or we're just uncertain and so seeking to understand and, and I, I like the idea of if your organization may not be whether it's staffed or inclined to be able to accomplish that to be able to find partnerships with organizations that you can find that mutual ground exactly. in which you can seek to advocate together I think that's a, a great point there Kyle Definitely. So, Kyle, we, we've heard a lot from you. Uh, I know we've only scraped the ice, the tip of the iceberg. Uh, you, you're you're very well uh, versed in the field of sustainability. You're a, a young board member who's got a lot of experience. You're a millennial who's got a focus on collaboration. If there's an organization out there that would love to learn a little bit more about how they can take on some of the things that we've been talking about today. What's the easiest way for somebody to contact you? Sure. Uh, the easiest way is actually through my Sustain Us account. Last name at sustainus.org. Uh, or you can reach us on any of uh, the Twitter accounts that uh, my organization I'm a part of. That's at sustainusagents at ESWUSA. Those are a good start. Great. And Kyle, if you would, I think we might have uh, lost a little bit of your email address. If you would, just say it one more time, please. Sure. It's just my first and last name, Kyle Gracie, at sustainus.org. Perfect. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, folks, if, if you've uh, learned, if you've been uh, provoked, if you've been encouraged, join us uh, on Thursday. Kyle's going to be part of that, that conversation. And we're going to try something here real quick and see if it works out. Uh, we have on our website, you can go to hangouts.centervisionleadership.org and you can see a, a tab, a menu tab. It's um, hashtag nonprofit chat. It'll be an opportunity for you to be able to see in advance what are the questions that we're going to be focusing on. What's the format of this? How does it all work? I'm new to Twitter or I'm new to Twitter chats. We don't want you to be left out. Uh, from this opportunity for a great conversation. So make sure you, you check it out. Hashtag nonprofit chat. You can just go to hangouts.centervisionleadership.org. It's an easy way to find out and learn more about the conversation and how we're focusing on these things. Um, Kyle, again, is, is a contributor for Nonprofit Performance Magazine, our March issue. Make sure you go to centervisionleadership.org. The tab is magazine, 
Make sure you get in there and sign up for your free digital issue of the magazine. It'll be coming out at the very beginning of March. Uh, Kyle also is going to be joining us as one of our panelists for our uh, reveal of the magazine in early March. And so that you'll, we'll have more details on our website about that here in the coming days. Um, but again, you can check out any of our previous editions of uh, the Nonprofit Exchange Hangouts centervisionleadership.org. You can go on iTunes. You can get the podcast. We want to make this as simple and easy for you to be able to engage with this content as possible because these are our messages that we think are, are foundational uh, to the future uh, of our organizations as we grow nonprofits. Again, I want to remind you, next week, 12-17, Maddie Grant and Jamie Notter are our guests. They'll be talking about what happens when millennials take over in our organizations. And if you go to centervisionleadership.org, you can learn more about a contest, a special contest to give away uh, two uh, signed copies of their books and uh, some free copies of our magazine, the hard editions that we'll send to you as well, as well as some uh, other goodies that go along with that. Again, Kyle, thank you so much for being with us. We're, we're so excited to have you join us on Thursday night for the uh, hashtag nonprofit chat. That's Thursday at 9 p.m. Folks, join us. It's a great opportunity. Learn more about Kyle, dig into the cause, and see how you can extend your conversation again in a collaborative fashion with nonprofit leaders all across the globe. Kyle, thank you so much for being with us. We've had a blast. Uh, appreciate you. your, your, your spirit, your, your knowledge, your, your sharing. Uh, that you have given to us. So have a wonderful day. Appreciate everybody. And we'll see you on Thursday at 9. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>